You are listening to the audio podcast of Gethsemane Baptist Church, located in Long Beach, California, pastored by Eli Reynolds. Thank you so much for that, ladies. Great singing and great song. And uh, let's take our Bibles tonight. Daniel chapter number 10, if you would. Daniel chapter number 10. Daniel chapter 10 this evening. I, uh, I hate to, to break hearts tonight. I don't have a lengthy message, so I do apologize for that. I, know, I owe Cadmiel an apology. Where are you, Cadmiel? Where'd you go? Poor Cadmiel. He's coming up to play guitar for the offertory, and I pray. When I started the service, I prayed like the longest opening prayer of all time. And then tonight when I, did the, uh, when I prayed for the offering, it was super short. So he's trying to run up here real fast and get in position. So I apologize, guys. I mean, that, was, that was on me there. But uh, did a great job. Glad to see our teenagers playing the songs, singing tonight, just all that. And I think we'll have more of that and more of that in the next coming uh, months here as we're trying to put together more teams and, and uh, music groups and things like that. So looking forward to that. That was one of our ministries represented at the Ministry Expo. And so now we've got folks on that and working on it, so that'll be great. Daniel chapter 10 tonight, I want to just preach a, hopefully an encouraging message entitled, What to Do When No Answer Comes. What to Do When No Answer Comes. And, you know, we had a big day today, and, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm so thankful, truly I am, that I'm not, I don't have to attend a dead church. I'm so thankful. You know, this morning... The spirit, my wife and I talked about when we went home, the, the spirit that God's people brought with them, you that brought with, you brought with you to church this morning. Like, you don't know how that encourages me, especially on a big day, to hear amens, to hear mmm, you know, just an mmm every once in a while is super encouraging for me. What that means is, oh, that was good, you know, and I'm like, oh, yes, that means that uh, something that was said was hitting home. But, but all of that, every time you say amen, every time you nod your head in agreement, you know what that's doing? It's showing all the visitors that somebody else believes this guy. And, uh, and it just was a great spirit. Thank you for, for, for coming to church that way normally and having a great attitude. And I'm, I'm, I, I rejoice, and I, I really hope that you'll go home tonight. And maybe, maybe your friends didn't come to church that you invited, or maybe uh, you, you, know, it, you didn't put as much work in as you normally do this year. Some stuff happened or whatever. But I would encourage you to go home and just thank God for our church. Thank God for our church. Thank God for the gospel message still going out. Thank God for people that are getting saved. Thank God for visitors. I mean, look, you know, we can say that, yeah, we worked hard, but, but 40 visitors don't come to church just with us. That's God doing something. And so praise the Lord for that. I'm looking forward to seeing exactly how many visitors we did have, but I'm, I'm quite sure it was over 40. And so that's, that's an amazing thing. And so we just want to praise the Lord for that. And thank you for your efforts and prayer. Thank you for helping getting our flyers out, our tracks. We still have some left. We're going to try to get them out for the, uh, the what is it called, the country fair this week, though, okay? Uh, Daniel chapter number 10. Let's look down, if you would, at verse number 1. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a thing was revealed unto Daniel, whose name was called Belteshazzar, and the thing was true. But the time appointed was long, and he understood the thing and had understanding of the vision. And so now Daniel is speaking first person. I, uh, in those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. So how long was he mourning? Three full weeks, all right. I ate no pleasant bread. You ever gone three weeks without eating? 
I haven't. Three full weeks, uh, I ate no pleasant bread. Neither came flesh or wine in my mouth. Neither did I anoint myself at all. Now, I know some of you have gone three weeks without bathing. It's obvious. Neither did I anoint myself at all till three whole weeks were fulfilled. And in the four and twentieth day of the first month, as I was by the side of the great river, which is Hittichel, then I lifted up mine eyes and looked, and behold, a certain man clothed in linen, whose loins were girded with fine gold of Uphaz, whatever that is, uh, I don't know. His body also was like the, bar the barrel, which is a stone, and his face as the appearance of lightning, and his eyes as lamps of fire, and his arms and his feet in color like to polished brass, and the voice of his words like the voice of a multitude. And I, Daniel, alone saw the vision. For the men that were with me saw not the vision, just kind of like Saul when he became Paul, you know, in that time on the Damascus road there. But a great quaking fell upon them, so that they fled to hide themselves. So they knew there was a whole lot of shaking going on, but they didn't know what Daniel saw. Some of you get that reverence to, reference to Elvis there, I apologize. All right, but number eight, verse eight, therefore I was left alone. <laughs> they ran and saw this great vision, and there remained no strength in me. For my comeliness was turned in me into corruption. I retained no strength. You know, a true vision of God usually re results in a true vision of self. A true vision of God usually results in a true vision of self. It brings humility. That's what follows when we get a true vision of who God is. Humility comes. Yet heard I the voice of his words, and when I heard the voice of his words, then was I in a deep sleep on my face, and my face toward the ground. Behold, and hand touched me, which set me upon my knees and upon the palms of my hands. And he said unto me, O Daniel, a man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak unto thee and stand upright. For unto thee am I now sent. When he had spoken this word unto me, I stood trembling. Then said he unto me, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that thou didst set thine heart to understand and to chasten thyself before thy God, thy words were heard. How long ago was that? Well, he was mourning for how long? Three full weeks. So he says, hey, Daniel, 21 days ago, your prayer was heard. Your prayer was heard. And there was an answer coming. And he said, thy words were heard, and I am come for thy words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me. One and 20 days. But lo, Michael, one of the chief princes, who we know as the archangel, came to help me, and I remained there with the kings of Persia. And I am now come to make thee understand what shall befall thy people in the latter days, for yet the vision is for many days. This to me, I, I read this you know, story, uh, and it is always to me one of the most interesting glimpses into things in the Bible. We don't, we don't often get a lot of insight into the spiritual world. I mean, a lot of people think they get a lot of insight into the spiritual world. There's books written about what demons look like, and there's books written about all these different things that the Bible is silent on, so it makes me wonder how they know. But anyway, we really don't get a lot of insight into what's going on. But the Bible seems to indicate some things here that, uh, about the prince of Persia and some things we'll talk about a little bit. But from the first day, the, the angel said, from the first day that thou didst set thine heart to understand, thy words were heard. And so from the first, first moment that Daniel prayed, his prayer was heard and the angel was dispatched. But for 21 days, the answer didn't come for Daniel's prayer. 
for 21 days. So here's Daniel weeping and mourning, and he's fasting a day. No answer comes. So he fasts the next day. Not anointing himself, no answer comes. He fasts the next day. He's only a tenth of the way through this fast, uh, just about. And so he's again and again going through and every day fasting, every day seeking the answer to prayer. How long can he go? Does he wonder this? Does he think, how long can I go without eating? But for that long, he gets no answer. So what do you do when you're praying for something? What do you do when you've been asking God for something and you've been laboring, you've been working, and you've been praying something serious to God, but, but it seems like no answer comes. Maybe it seems like heaven is quiet or, or God is silent. I just find this very interesting to hear that, to see that God heard his prayer. God heard it and dispatched the angel. God's not surprised that Gabriel, probably who it was, uh, was held up. God wasn't, wasn't caught aware what the, the angel didn't get there. No, he knew what was going to happen. He knew it would be 21 days, but God d- just chose to do it this way. And it may be sometimes that you're praying something, and it may be that God has already decreed or decided to answer your prayer, but not now. Maybe later. And maybe it comes, as we have seen in several times in the Bible, that God oftentimes prolongs answers to prayer to purify your motives. Can I say that again? Oftentimes in Scripture we see that God prolongs the answer to prayer to purify your motives. Why did God wait so long to give Hannah Samuel? Why why did he wait so long to give uh, Hannah the answer to prayer? I'll tell you, when you look at that story, Hannah got to a place where she said, God, if you give them to me, I will give them to you. And then she got her prayer answered. Maybe God wanted Samuel. But what happened was God prolonged an answer to prayer that he was going to give, I believe, to purify a motive. And and perhaps you've been praying for something and you've been asking God for something and you've prayed a good prayer. You've prayed something that that God wants you to have. You've prayed for souls to be saved. You've prayed for family members to come back to God or maybe a health condition or other things and you're wondering, well, why haven't I seen an answer to prayer? Maybe God is purifying your motives. And I want to just encourage you with some thoughts tonight about what to do when no answer comes. Let's pray together and we'll jump in here. Father, bless, I pray, the rest of this message. Thank you for a great day already. Would you speak with us this evening? In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. The Prince of Persia, verse 13. What's this talking about? Let me just give you the the inside of the story of what we do know here. The Prince of Persia is not referring to a man. When it says here, this angel said the prince of Persia, uh, the p- prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one and twenty days, but lo, Michael, one of the chief priests, came to help me, and I remained there with the kings of Persia. This is not referring to, I believe, uh, not referring to a human being, this is referring to spiritual warfare. And there, uh, the Bible talks about principalities and powers and, and rulers over certain areas. And if you look at where we live in Long Beach and you look at, uh, you look at L.A. and Hollywood, I just wonder what's in charge over there. Because it's obvious that there's some kind of demonic oppression, demonic spirit, uh, uh, that some principality, some power. If there's a lot of places in the world that have that, boy, L.A. would be one. Wouldn't you think like Las Vegas would be another one? I mean, you call yourself Sin City. I mean, like you got to figure something along those lines. And, and when you got teams like the Dodgers, you know there's a principality over this place. You know, you, and I'm just kidding. I'm joking. But, uh, but that is obvious in, in some of these areas of our world that there would be these these 
demons of some kind being in charge and control. And I don't want to speculate more than that because I think that's about what we see here from Scripture. But how could many, any man do that? No man could fight with an angel. We saw an angel killed 185,000 men in one, in one story in the Bible, killed the Assyrians in the Old Testament. So that's referring to an evil spirit that withstood Daniel's messenger. He withstood him. And uh, so, again, we don't know the spiritual warfare of what we see and in, in, uh, uh, of what's in charge of L.A. or, or the, the spiritual warfare out there, but we know that there is spiritual warfare. And we don't under, always understand, though, the point what I'm trying to say is we don't always understand why our prayers are not being answered. And I'll tell you this. I, I spoke recently on a Wednesday night about conditions to answered prayer. And I stand by that message. I believe it was a biblical message but at the end, I even said, sometimes still, we just don't know. And there are just, we are not given some answers. And you say, well, why? Well, I will tell you again that God, and remind you that in the Bible, God does not tell us to walk by sight. He does not tell us to walk by understanding. He does not tell us to walk by what we can see and feel and touch and scientific fact. He tells us to walk by what? By faith. Faith is the substance. Well, we can't see anything. Well, faith you can see. Uh, you, you can feel. It's the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The fact that you have faith is important. And there could be a multitude of reasons why our prayers are not getting answered. Maybe God has already decided to give you an answer, but he's waiting on you. Maybe God has decided to give you an answer, but, but he's waiting for you to purify that prayer request down to something to take you out of it, to take what you gain out of it and to get what he really wants you to get. Maybe it could be that you're not ready for the answer yet. There have been many times where, where I prayed for a staff member for years and years, and, and, just, and I, don't, I don't know that we were ready for it. And, and, and then God answered that prayer. Of course, we have the Daharos here now, and, and, uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm praying that God would take them away. No, I'm kidding. I'm joking. But we're thankful for them. We're grateful. And, and, and just what a, what a great boost they have been and encouragement. I'm thankful I didn't get somebody a year ago that I'm regretting now. Thankful that God had us wait for them, and God had them wait for us. You know. And, and so over and over again, we don't know why God does some of the things he does, and we're not supposed to. It could be that God has the answer on the way for you, but you have to just have to be patient. It could be that God wants you to just continue knocking and learn the benefits of importunity. It could be that God wants you to just learn to just continue day by day to seek his face. I don't know. Could be that you're regarding sin in your heart. And God's not going to hear and answer that prayer when that's going on in your life. And I wonder, maybe tonight as you're thinking about life and you're thinking about what you've been through, I wonder, is there a prayer request that you've been praying for for years? Sometimes we pray for, Daniel was in serious prayer for three weeks. Sometimes you get an emergency request and for three, two weeks, two days, two hours, there's an emergency and you're praying and you're beseeching God and you're fasting and you're praying and, and you're calling people and pray for this, pray for this. And, and you're seeking God diligently for a short amount of time. But then those of us, some of us have been praying for things for years. I prayed for my dad for decades to get saved. And he did. I tell you what a great, what a great feeling it was when he did get saved. But we got to be careful that when you've been praying for something for so long, you don't start doubting that it's going to get done. Sometimes we can just be wording the prayer and have no belief it's going to happen. And I want to encourage tonight with just three things here about what do you do when no answer comes. Maybe you've been praying for a visitor to come for friend day. For months you prayed for that visitor. For months you, you've worked on them. I have people I've been working on for years and they didn't come today and I wanted them to and, and that's just how it works. What do you do when things like that happen? 
What do you do when maybe you've been praying for a family member to get saved or a family member to come back to God and you've been praying for a long time? Maybe you've been praying for healing. Maybe you've been praying for a better job, better salary, whatever. You've been praying for a clear vision of God's will for your life. What do you do when no answer is coming? I want to be very simplistic tonight and just tell you these three things. First of all, keep praying. Keep praying. The answer is not stop praying. Well, God didn't answer my prayer today, so I'm going to stop. No, that's, that's not the biblical pattern. That's not what we see in Scripture. That's not what we see how Daniel prayed. That's not how we see how other men in the Bible prayed. And don't you think that Joseph prayed some prayers in the dungeon for two years? Don't you think that Daniel had some prayers in the lion's den that night? Don't you think that these great men and women of the faith that we look back upon, that we say, hey, they had great faith. Don't you think that Abraham and Sarah prayed for a long time for kids? Well, what do you what do? You do? do you just No, you don't quit. It, it, men ought always to pray and not to faint. You keep praying, that's what you do. You know, there used to be a saying in churches, and I think, I think we've gone away from it so much in our busy society. We've gone away from the phrase of praying through. Praying through. Some of you old timers in here, maybe you remember that in church that talked about praying through. What is that talking about? It means, hey, you've hit a roadblock. Hey, there is an obstacle. Hey, there's something where you feel like the heavens are made of brass and, and it's not getting through and, and, and there's a, a situation that you just can't. You know what we do now we, we come to those situations? Oftentimes we just look for a way around or, okay, I guess I just can't go that way anymore. But God, so many times in Scripture, so many stories we hear from these people that learn how to pray is that they pray through it. And they just kept praying and kept praying and kept praying and, and didn't stop praying until God got them through that situation, until God showed up. I figure so many times in my life, I've probably stopped praying right before God was going to do something amazing. What a shame. We ought to continue to just pray through. I talked to a pastor friend of mine, much older than me, and uh, several years ago I spoke with him and I was just, I said, I want to ask you some questions about prayer. Because I don't have it all figured out. But I want to just ask you about prayer. And this is a man that I know that spends hours with God every day. As in multiple hours with God every day. And I asked him about prayer. And here's what he said to me. He said, I wrote it down years ago. Sometimes I feel like I'm right in the presence of God. And sometimes I feel like the ceiling is made of brass. And he said this, you just have to pray through. I wrote that down. Because I was thinking, well, hold on, if this guy that I know walks with God and I've seen the fruit of his answered prayers in my life and in other people's lives and I've seen God do things through this man's prayers, if he is saying this, if he is saying this, I need to, be, I need to take heed to this. Sometimes, and, and don't you feel that way too? Sometimes you can be praying and you can feel like, oh my soul, this is heaven on earth. And he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I'm his own. And there's joy there and there's happiness and there's peace. And you think, I don't even want to go to work. I don't even want to leave this place, God, but I have to go. And, and then the next day you get up and you're like, all right, God, I'm back. Let's continue. And then just the feeling's not there. And then it just seems like, God, are you listening? And here's the thing, here's the thing about God. He doesn't change, we do. We change. Our spirit changes, our attitude changes, our circumstances change. God doesn't, but we do. And one day we may feel like we're in his presence and the other day we may not feel like it, but what do you do? You pray through. 
You pray through. You keep praying. That's what you do. When I was in college, I remember I, I, I sleep deprived and I, I put something on a test and, and it was a question that they were just asked. I've told the story before, but I won't go into the lengthy version of it, but, but they had asked a question on the test that required honesty and, and uh, just your character. And I put an answer on there saying, I read a book and I was like, well, I'm almost through with it. I'll finish it today. By the time they see this, you know, I will have read it. But that wasn't the truth. The truth was I hadn't finished the book when I put the answer on the test. And I tell you, just that little thing, just, just that right there, I remember going and spending time in prayer, and for several days, several days, I might as well have been praying to a wood statue, because I'm going to tell you something, every prayer request I prayed, every time I tried, have you ever tried to pray and you can't? Like you try to think and say something, then just your thoughts, and I'm telling you, I tried to pray, and I, I could not get anything through, all I could hear was, get it right. And so after a week, I called, I called my youth pastor up and I said, hey, this is what I did. What do you think I should do? Please say, leave it alone, you know? And he said, you need to go talk to that professor. You need to get it right. And I did. And I got it right. And can I tell you something? The joy came back. The, the prayers were going up and the blessings were coming down. That's a wonderful thing. You just, sometimes you got to get some things right. Sometimes you just got to pray through. So, sometimes you, you can feel that there's something there. Pray when you feel like no one hears. Pray when you feel like no one cares about you. When, pray when no answer comes. Pray when things are going great. Pray when things are going terrible. We shouldn't just pray prayers of, God, I need you in big times and trouble sometimes. We should be praying that prayer every day. Remember also that God doesn't always just give you what you want. He gives you what you need. The Bible tells us pray without ceasing. We sing songs, don't ever give up, just pray. Can I just encourage you, maybe you're, maybe you're discouraged and maybe there's answers to prayer you've been waiting on. Maybe there's a situation you've been waiting to escape or something that's happening. Perhaps God is trying to change you. Perhaps God is trying to, to purify your motives. Perhaps God is trying to draw you closer to him. But whatever it is, keep praying. Keep praying. Number two, keep believing. Keep believing. Keep believing that God can answer prayer. Take your Bible, go to James chapter 1, please. James chapter 1. I mentioned earlier, you may have been praying for something for years. And that prayer request to you has simply become a line item on your prayer list. And no longer do you even believe that it's going to happen. Listen, I've said this before, we should not be surprised when God answers our prayers. I don't think that's the right response. God, do this for us, please. And he, well, you did? Why are you asking if you're surprised, right? There should be some faith involved in our prayers. And I don't think that means like, you know, well, I'm going to pray for that Ferrari. And I'm just going to believe. And I'm not going to be surprised next week when it pulls up in front of my house. Or I win the lotto. I'm not talking about that, okay? I'm talking you're praying for something you know is right, something God wants, whatever it may be. Keep believing. Look at James chapter 1, verse 5. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. So you need something, huh? You need wisdom? What do you do? Ask of God that giveth to all men liberally. I mean, he's not stingy with the wisdom. And upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But, here's a condition. Let him ask in faith. Nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and toss. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable 
<clears throat> in all his ways. I don't, I don't think God is honored by unbelieving prayers. God expects us, and in God's economy, faith is the currency. We have to live by faith. We have to believe. I hope, you, I hope that when you came to church this morning, you believed that God was going to do something for Friend Dave because you've been praying for it and you've been asking God. I hope that you did believe that. I hope that you believe that when you pray that God hears you. I hope that you believe that when you pray, God can, can, can and will answer your prayers. I hope that we believe that. If anybody is supposed to have faith in the mighty power of God, it should be a Christian. We can't expect unsaved people to believe in God more than us. We need to believe. We need to believe. I want to, uh, uh, this is the last place I'll have you turn, but go to Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13, please. Matthew 13. Matthew 13, verse 53. This is such an indictment against people, in my opinion, this story here, but I want to be careful. I'm not guilty of it. Matthew chapter 13, verse 53. And it says there, and it came to pass that when Jesus had finished these parables, he departed thence. When he was coming to his own country, he taught them in, the, in their synagogue, insomuch that they were astonished and said, Whence hath this man this wisdom and these mighty works? Is not this the carpenter's son? Is not, this his mother, uh, is not his mother called Mary and his brethren James and Joseph and Simon and Judas? And his sisters, are they not all with us? Whence then, then hath this man all these things? <clears throat> and they were offended in him. And Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor, save in his own country and in his own house. He's in his own land, and they're not believing him. Verse 58, And he did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief. I hope that God is not looking at Gethsemane Baptist Church saying, I'm sorry, I can't do anything there because nobody believes me. I hope that's not true. Let's, not, let's, not, let's have faith. Let's not live in unbelief. The unbelief of these people cost them, and they could have seen God do mighty works, but they didn't believe. Wow, that's scary to me. I wonder what they could have seen. So don't, don't stop. Believe God. When we stop believing that God hears or that God cares, what happens next? We stop praying. When we stop believing that God hears our prayers, that God cares about us, we'll probably stop praying. And I wonder how many people we've stopped praying for to get saved. I wonder how many prodigals we've stopped praying for to come back to God. I wonder how many people we've crossed off our list because we just thought, well, they're a lost cause, or, or, or God's not going to do that for me. We serve a God of the impossible. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Let's not limit God. Let's believe God. Let's believe God. Keep praying. I don't, I'm not getting the answer. I, I'm praying. I'm diligently seeking. I'm trying to do the right thing. What do I do? You keep praying. You keep believing. Lastly, you keep working. You keep working. You keep doing what you're supposed to do. Well, I don't know what, uh, uh, you know, God's not answering this prayer. Or not. No, you keep doing it. Well, I've been inviting this person to church forever. What do I? You keep witnessing. What about this prayer? You, know, you keep praying. Whatever it is, you have to keep doing it. God does expect some things from you. God does expect faith, but faith without works is dead, being alone. God expects us to have belief and then to act on that belief. Because really, if you think about it, that's what faith is. Faith without action, what does it do? I believe, but I'm not going to take a step out. 
Peter proved that he had faith the moment he stepped out of the boat. His action showed, his, his work showed that he really did have faith because he did what he, was, what he said he was going to do there. One of my professors at college would always say, prayer is not hard. It's just hard work. It is hard work. Prayer does not excuse us from labor. You've heard it said, pray like everything depends on God and, and work like everything depends on you. I think there's truth there. But uh, Andrew Murray, of course, famous writing, for writing all these books on prayer, Andrew Murray said, power for the effective prayer of faith is gained through working. Prayer not only teaches and strengthens one for work, work teaches and strengthens one for prayer. They go hand in hand, and maybe we ought to be praying, Lord, teach me to work and teach me to pray in a way that pleases you. I don't know what you're asking God for, but if you're asking for something, be prepared to do the work he tells you to do with it. Oh, I want to I wanna see this person say, maybe God's going to tell you, well, then invite them to church. Give them a track. Spend time fasting and prayer for them. You know, in fasting and prayer. I don't know what he's going to tell you to do, but I want to encourage you to keep witnessing, keep working on people, keep tithing, keep being faithful, keep going soul winning, even if you're not getting the results that you once did. You just keep doing what you're supposed to do. You keep going, you keep going, and you keep going. One of my favorite phrases, I think, you know, I've heard it my whole life, but I think Pastor Smith used to say it a lot, and I, I put this on a lot of cards that I sign, keep on keeping on. Just keep on keeping on. What do you, what's the option? You're going to quit? It's not an option. Keep praying. Pastor, I'm a little discouraged. I'm a little discouraged. My friends didn't come. My answers to prayer aren't coming as fast as, as I want them to. I'm in a tough situation. I'm in a spot at work. I'm in this. I'm in that. What do I do? Keep praying. Keep believing. Your God has the power to change anything in an instant. And you keep working. That's what you do. Very simple tonight. Don't ever give up. Just pray. Father, I pray that you'd help us tonight when, when things are not going as we want them to. God, may we take inventory and...